This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. Damon, I'm going to throw a listener question at you right off the bat. Big question from Nicholas, who says, how are you? Ah, thanks, Nicholas. I appreciate that. Uh, you're you're, you're uh, very quiet today, by the way. Uh, is this a... Uh... Can, you, can you guess why? <laughs> like, like a church mouse. Uh, yes, very, there very... There's a reason yeah. for it. I, I, let me guess. Does it start with an M and end in a uh, alley? <laughs> uh, yes, it certainly does. There's two wonderful sleeping ladies oh. uh, in the room just just across the way from me. So that will probably change pretty quickly. But uh, you're going to get the uh, mellow tones of uh, mellow. <laughs> after hey, was that called the ASR where people listen and it's like. Uh, Oh, yeah, AS, ASMR, is that right? I guess that's what it is. Okay, all right, yeah. I have an empty house, y'all. I can be as loud as I want. The missus is away with her friends down in Washington, D.C. So uh, I'm able to be at 5.58 a.m., able to uh, be as loud and as free as I want. So I'll bring the juice. I'll bring the excitement. I'll bring the uh, passion. And, and bring again, the big keep in mind that loudness does not... <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I uh, th- th- doesn't necessarily mean that Joe is not passionate about what he's saying, but again, uh, I would not want to wake either of those up um, in an inappropriate time to feel the wrath <laughs> that, that would be forthcoming. I, the gentleman we all know, right? Come on, please. And even uh, I don't know. I mean, I think guys tend to be a little bit more easygoing with the waking up right would you agree with that like if you were woken up when you shouldn't be or uh, you know something rattled you noise in the house i think guys are a little bit more even keeled about that don't you think i used to be like that would be my, my bugbear like having my sleep disturbed would just piss me the, the hell off but uh since becoming a father obviously i've got used to it at this point at the moment we're trying to um well, I say train Esther to sleep in her own room. She, we're not, we haven't forced the issue. She just decided about a week ago when oh. we gave, when we give her her nighttime milk, she just started taking it into her own bedroom rather than our room. So we thought, okay, so this is her sort of indicating to us that she wants to go to bed in her own room, in her own bed, which was nice. And then um, we got the little baby monitor in there and the, the first few nights she wake up in the middle of the night and, and scream and cry because obviously it was unfamiliar to her. Sure. And then the the last few nights she's woken up, no noise, but leaving her room, walking across the living room and then coming into the bedroom and getting into bed with us, <laughs> which I think is quite cute. I like that. She she brought a little Peter Rabbit toy with us. So yes, I do get woken up on the regular, but uh, I'm kind of used to it by now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, now again, I guess, I mean, again, out of kindness, I'm sure she's exhausted. Um, can I? We're we're right around the corner here, aren't we? Like when, if you don't mind me asking, number two is right around the corner, right? 
Yeah, it's the due date is November twenty first, but the you know, I mean, Esther was delivered by C section, and so Arthur we will also do by C section for for a number of reasons, safety, and also VBAC, uh, vaginal birth after cesarean is incredibly expensive, and really this, this birth is not yeah this this one's not covered by my insurance because obviously changing jobs I've got a new insurer. So this one we're paying out of pocket. So we just decided for, for safety and for economic reasons, we'll just go straight for a C-section. So we will get to decide, hopefully, uh, when the baby arrives. So <laughs> maybe on a Tuesday evening after we've got the podcast wrapped up. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, thanks everyone for listening and goodbye and then straight to the hospital. <laughs> wow. You know, you said the words, you know, is going to come out of pocket for you. Do you know what kind of financial debt and financial ruin that would be for anyone in the United States. <laughs> Just the ambulance alone, you'd yeah. lose your house. Yeah, it's it's awful, isn't it? I mean, I I believe that everyone is entitled should be entitled to free public health care, um, which you do get in Thailand, to be fair. But um, <laughs> we we want something better than that, and we're privileged <laughs> enough to to right. have uh, money to be able to pay for that. Oh, okay. oh, Manny oh. feels bad about it. She's like, oh, let's go to a, a cheap local hospital. I'm like, come off it. Like, what, <laughs> what, what am I saving this money for? That's more important than right. the, the birth of my son, you know? Can I, uh, no, 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 I was going to ask how much, how much, give me a, give me a ballpark of what that would be out of pocket. That, that, I think it's a rude question. Uh, That's a rude question. So yeah. it is about 100,000 Thai baht, so in US dollars, we're looking at about three thousand dollars. That is that is a drop in the bucket compared to mm. like you wouldn't even get a stitch in the vagina for, for three thousand dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? You wouldn't even get that extra stitch uh, that is so desperately needed. Um, no, that's amazing. Wow, huh? Well, listen, <sighs> what can you what can you say, Joe? We'll be back with insurance talk after these messages. What a what a what a we we our openings have become really infamous for being just the most mundane pieces of toast. And this hey, is hilarious. Next that week we, we are starting this off so cold because I am sitting on a, a huge piece of news, a bombshell. Damon's just woke up. Really, he doesn't know. He doesn't know the news yet. And I've told him to avoid oh, his WhatsApp, avoid Twitter. So he doesn't know what it is, listeners. So I'm about to drop that on him at, at some point in the podcast. So we, you're going to get Damon's live reaction to the news. Uh, and also, actually, there's another bit of news here that uh, the, the great Booze Leprechaun, who, as you remember, financed the uh, sponsored the, the Booze Leprechaun Carolina Reaper Chili Challenge. When yes. Was that, two years ago, about. Yes. So there is a sequel. There is part two of the Booze Leprechaun Carolina Reaper Chili Challenge. She has sent me one of these Paki uh, one chip challenges. Do you oh. know? Are you familiar with these? I am familiar with them. Uh, it is exactly as you described as one chip, but supposedly they're just fucking ridiculously hot. And um, yeah, there's videos online. So I, I, think, I believe I've uh, seen a, a few of those. So, yes, you have one in your possession right now. Yes, it, it arrived today. So, as I was getting home, I got the, the parcel. So it's it's this coffin shaped box uh, about <laughs> as big as my hand. Okay. And with a one uh, Carolina Reaper and Scorpion Pepper extremely hot tortilla chip. So I mean, obviously this has to be consumed on the podcast. But the only question is, do I eat it 
at the end of the podcast, like I did with the uh, the, the first Carolina Reaper Chili Challenge, or do I eat at the start of the podcast <laughs> and run the risk of completely torpedoing uh, this torpedo? Torpedo, event? torpedo. Yeah, we're gonna do it. I right? mean, fuck. I, I mean, listen. If you got the balls to do it, I'm saying. I mean, we would. I mean, if it goes south, we're done, right? Is that the the showy shit? And we're we're fucked, right? But I say do it because we live on the edge, right? So you're gonna wait. So let's set the scene here. You got this fucking ship. What is the? Do we know the Scoville units? Is that a thing? Yes. Uh, Can we describe exactly for those unfamiliar? Okay. Exactly how hot it's this fucker. Th- not packaging that goes with this. This is looking for Scoville information. Is this the is this is this the big news? Because if it is, it's the greatest. No, 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 it's not. This is not the big news. Okay. This is not the big news. Okay. Big news to me. I gotta be honest. No, I can't see any anything about Scoville stuff. But there's a lot of quite frightening images of death. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really scared. All right, come on, come on. You listen. You did wait. You're scared. You did a ghost pepper chili raw. You fucking. Eat a ghost pepper. Yeah, I know. The thing is, right, because this is probably stress related. I've had some like stomach issues. I think it's a, it's a stomach ulcer just because a lot of stuff. <laughs> I wonder going why. On. And I keep sort of waking up in the middle of the night with very bad stomach pains. Um, so well, let me ask you this. I'm sure, it, being that you, I mean, you're definitely doing it now, right? I mean, like, when I mean now, I mean I'm during the show, it. correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you can't tease, you can't dick tease like this, and be like, "Oh, I know I got stomach pain, and now I'm going to not do it." So we're we're, we're no, doing it. It is happening. Okay, this is happening. It's just a matter of we do it now or do it later. I say I'm I'm in for now. Okay, okay. I'll tell you what. How about this? Okay, uh, I will eat this. Yeah, and then after I've eaten it, uh-huh. I'll tell you the big news. Okay, and then I can ramble so on. We'll get the, the excitement of me trying to express the news, communicate the news okay. to you while I'm dying. Perfect. And then you reacting to it. Now, do you have anything to prepare uh, yourself for? Like, do you have any milk? Do you have any ice cream? Yeah, I've, got, I've got a glass of milk. Here. Okay. Okay. But I don't know if that's, is that cheating? No, I don't want to listen. Before getting home, before eating or drinking. Anything? I don't, I think that's, I think all bets are off. You do what you need to do to survive, right? Yeah. I've even brought chopsticks so I don't have to touch it. Oh, really? That bad? Yeah, because I mean, if I get this on my fingers and then rub my eye or my <laughs> my groin, <laughs> which is which is more likely, I want you to lick the inside of the box. Hot. Okay. <laughs> right. I t- I'll tell you what. Do I have to video myself eating this? I suppose I do. Really. I mean, that like it would be helpful. Then you can post it on via our social media. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm going to do a video. Oh wow! Right, this is wow. I, I had no idea this was what, happening. I'm, I'm going to eat this. And be, okay, I will ask you a question before I eat it. A question totally unrelated to the bombshell or anything else we talk about okay. today. But just to give the, this chip a, a chance to kick it. All right. So let's let so the, the question from from the sponsor, Booze Leprechaun. She says, "How many spotted lantern flies has Damon killed so far?" Oh. That is my question. And should I mute myself while I'm eating this? No, full chomp away. I want you to chomp away. All right. Okay. So you're going to do a countdown? Okay. Three. Oh, let me, let me get it in my 
chopsticks first. Okay, three, two, one, go. Oh my gosh, here we go. I ain't even answering shit. I just want to hear him fucking talk. <laughs> I just want to hear him eat this. Oh, I know. I, fuck. I, I've killed many, many, many lanterns of bugs. They're, they're bugs that, that we are told we have to kill because they eat everything and everything. Goes, okay. Who cares about that? Um, all right. So it's it's down the hatch. Yeah. All right. How we feeling? Got a bit of ASMR action. Yeah. There. How we feeling? Um, it doesn't taste great. Okay. It's not a delicious tortilla. No, chip. bland. Um, quite sort of an earthy taste. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes. Um, it's okay. Okay. But obviously, it's going to get more intense as it goes. It's not as bad as the raw Carolina chip. Yeah, I was about to say, how could it be, right? Um, well, I don't know. You know what extracts they might put in it with the power of science. Come. <laughs> <laughs> Rat poison. Right. Um, so, uh, you, you, I mean, it's the whole thing. How big was the chip? Um, I would say it had a about maybe 10 centimeters long. Okay. No, maybe less than that, probably about seven. Okay. All right, so, I mean, you've seen, like, nothing's happening here. Am I wrong? Nothing's happening. Um, Give me the feeling in your mouth right my now. My mouth, okay, my mouth has got a slight, no, it, it's got a burning sensation. It's not terribly painful. Okay. It's it's borderline uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Um, I can feel it going down my esophagus and causing a slight irritation as it goes down. But um, it's not causing me much difficulty in speaking no. like the Carolina Reaper chili did. Joe, there's no difference whatsoever. Milk yet. From post pre chip to post chip, you're fucking amazing. I don't know how to fuck you do this shit. <laughs> Years of practice. My eyes are watering a bit. Okay, eyes are watering a little bit. I haven't touched the milk yet. No, 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 no. You don't need that fucking milk. Are you kidding me? You got this made in the shade. Again, I found it hard to believe that you weren't going to be able to blow past this eating a raw fucking ghost pepper chili. I should have brought tissues with me. Well, there, yeah. Well, no, I want you to look cry. <laughs> I want to <laughs> see, I want to see you. I want to see you all tearing up. All. Uh, oh wow! I see again. I'm no selling it, Damon. I'm, I'm no selling the the one chip. Yeah, chip you're fucking just. It might get worse as we as. We how can it get worse if we're at least two minutes in, right? Since you chipped, you chipped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how is it going to get worse? I mean, I mean, you shitting it out might not be the best thing. <laughs> that might be worse. Yeah, <laughs> spending the entire night up in <laughs> agony with a <laughs> searing stomach. Cramps. But for the radio show, it's been a it's been a wet fart. I, I'm doing it for Booze Leprechaun because <laughs> she deserves it for yeah all of the support and, and sending me this. I'm, I'm telling I'm you right now. Try this. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. There's nothing on earth that is you could eat fire. <laughs> like 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 you could eat the sun. There, what, what, you know, like what else is there to eat that's hotter than what you're eating, right? You've eaten everything that's hot. You've eaten the hottest things you could eat, right? You're you're Superman. Well, I'm throwing down the gauntlet to the rest of the listeners to post me spicy things and make me eat them on the podcast like an idiot. I mean, you would you you would it would be laughable because it'd just be like there's nothing. Joe, there's nothing else. What else? That's not, that was, you've eaten the hottest things. Like, what could they possibly give you? 
like a, like that insanity hot sauce, I guess maybe. You know, you know, like the Dave's or whatever it is. But even then, I think you would just fucking shake it off. Oh, there you go. I'm I'm doing okay so far. You're doing fucking Because there was a, a, a danger here, Damon, that this um, incident may have ruled out one of the biggest stars of the podcast for this this big event we've got happening now. A bit like something that's happened in New Japan today, Damon. Oh. I'm going to drop the bombshell on you now. Can I stop recording the video? You yeah, 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 yeah. You, I mean, we've crossed that bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here is a big news statement. Tetsuya Naito has sustained a knee injury. He's out of the G1 Climax. Oh. Oh, fuck. I mean, is it a, is it a legit knee injury? Because they worked on that knee uh, a decent amount during the, the Zack match. Is it not a, a other injury that they're just saying it's a knee injury? Like, I, I, let me ask you this. This is a work? I don't think so. Well, I, I don't know why you would do that for right. your biggest stars in the G1 Climax. From what I hear, it sounds like it was an awkward landing on a Destino ah. during the Zach match. But he's out uh, as a result of him. So let me read it. And blah, blah, blah. Suffered an injury to his left knee. Damage was incurred to his left meniscus and MCL. Naito is unable to compete on the remainder of the G1 Climax Tour. Does not currently have a timetable for return. All his remaining tournament matches will be counted as losses by forfeit, with opponents gaining an automatic two points. Mm. Naito's remaining opponents will instead be competing in special singles matches with card changes outlined below. <laughs> we apologize to fans who are looking for Team Naito. Blah, 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 blah. So wow. we've got a load of, sort of special singles matches. So... Uh, I'll tell you them. We've got Yuji Nagata versus Tangaloa, Nagata versus Shingo, Bushi versus Yujiro, Bushi versus Yano, Hiromu versus Kenta, Hiromu versus Ishii, Kojima versus Ibushi, and Kojima versus Great Okan. So those are our replacement Ooh. special matches. Well, we knew his, he's, he's had knee problems for a, a decent while, right? He's had every issues. That he's, been, he's been pretty banged up for a while. Ah, that's not great. You know what, though? If there is a small silver lining, and again, this is the first I'm hearing of this, uh, he's in a decent block. So I think this would be, like, if if he were in B block, boy, oh boy, B block would be fucked. Um, But he's in a decent block. Yeah, everybody's going to get points, because I remember uh, when you're Nakamura getting hurt rather recently in a G1. I want to say... 15, 2015, uh, with shoulder, I think it was. Um, and he had a forfeit a couple. Now, he's officially out for the entire tournament, correct? There's no possible way he returns. I'm going to take that as a yes. There is no possible way he returns. Um, and, and thinking out loud, why would he? You know, why would they bring him back for fucking, you know, he's already, you know, going to lose points. In this process. Wow. Okay. That's not a good way to start. That's for fucking sure. That's a big name. That's a name people saw a lot of people, I think, have circled to uh, to win. At least be close. Oh, I got to be honest with you. If it's not one fucking thing, it's another with this company. This company can't catch a fucking break for the life of them. I'm sorry. And I'm not trying to be a New Japan apologist. Because some of the stuff they've they've... You know, they've done to themselves. 
But these fucking people can't catch a break for anything. Between all these shows and the lockdowns and the fucking clap crowds and the fucking, you know. Okay, again, great. There have been things where, you know, they've done it to themselves. But between COVID running rampant in that locker room and guys being out and canceling cars and canceling. They can't catch a fucking break. Fuck. He's going to be out for a while. I mean, if they pulled him from these shows, oof, it's got to be a pretty serious thing because these guys will work through just about anything. Hmm. Well, that's fucking blows, Joel. <laughs> there, that. So how do you think New Japan should make uh, lemonade out of these lemons? My thought is, and you know, it might seem obvious, but I would use this opportunity to strap the rocket to Zach. Yeah. Every promo, every time he gets on that mic, he should be, I, I'm the one who crippled Naito, single-handedly eliminated him from two G1 climaxes. I'm the man. Have him win the block. Go through, final against Okada. He wouldn't even need to beat Okada in the final, but I think you've got to capitalize on this. I do too. I do too. If they were smart, if they were smart, they got they kind of have a built-in, easy way to yeah, put the rocket to somebody. Yeah, I mean that, uh, that's that's the only thing that can make sense out of this whole thing. Ah, I'm just I I got to be honest with you. My my first reaction is is of course ah well that fu- you know that fucking sucks. But I I actually feel sorry for the f- promotion. Again, they just can't catch a fucking break, Joel. It's unbelievable how snake bitten this fucking company has been in the past. Year, I mean, this year has been, it feels like it's been worse than even 2020. Oh, I'll tell you, it's all, it's all could have been avoided. <laughs> they just didn't hire Dick Togo <laughs> and Jushin Liger didn't retire. I, th- I believe it's those polarizing opposite ends of the scale that have uh, rocked the boat too much. Ah. <sighs> All right. Well, again, everybody gets wins now, and now we get mundane. None of those matches sounded entirely sexy to you, did they? These, these. Um... I'm looking forward to seeing Hiromu versus Ishii again. I thought they had a really good match in the New Japan Cup last year. Oh, I didn't hear Hiromu versus. Okay, I heard a lot of Nagata. Can you go over those matches again? Yeah. Just <laughs> oh, right. Sorry, Sorry about that. Sorry about that. My, you know, listen. It's fucking six in the morning here. I'm supposed to listen to every goddamn word you say? <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Okay, so we have... Yes. Uh, Nagata against Tangaloa. Okay, let's talk about that. Nagata okay. versus Tangaloa. Uh, give me a scale one to ten, your excitement. I'm going to go three. Four. Yeah. Okay. I mean, incidentally, I think that might have been Tangaloa's first singles match in New Japan back in the 2017. I wouldn't New be surprised. Cup. Yeah. And he he was pretty bad in that. So it would be interesting at least to compare those matches. But yeah, a four. Yeah. Okay. Then we've got Nagata versus Shingo, which I'll give that a seven. I think that could be four. really fun. Oh, so, okay. I'll give it a five. Okay. Go ahead. Bushi versus Yujiro, which uh, a very generous three. A generous three for my interest, but 
you know, if, if, if as we get to these opening nights, uh, you know, we we are we are going to throw some flowers this way. So, um, at least I am anyway. So, okay, all right. Not not on paper. Not thrilled. Go ahead. Bushi versus Yano. And, all right, I'll fuck that. Two for Just that. fucking I, <laughs> two, <laughs> two. Jeez. No. Uh, Hiromu versus Kenta, which that, I'll give you six. Uh, for. I'll give you a seven for that. That should be really fun. Hiromu versus Ishii, which okay. I'm at an eight. Seventeen thousand. Go ahead. Kojima versus Ibushi, uh, five. I'm going to go four for that. Okay, hey. Kojima versus Great Okan, which I'll give six, actually, because I enjoyed the feud that United Empire had with Tenkoji at the start of the year. So hopefully they can keep a bit of that juice. Why not Tenzan? So they can, so he can get his chop back that he hasn't used for a... <laughs> Why not? Why not do that? You know, he could fight to get the chop back. I'm sure everybody would be interested in that feud continuing, right? Fuck me, huh? Go ahead. All right, that's. I don't give a shit. Go ahead. Next. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. All right. All right. Well, Hiromo being being dropped in, dropped in there, parachuting in, uh, making things a little bit interesting. That's for sure. The Kenta and uh, Ishi. Okay, I'm, I'm down for. I'm down for both of those. Those those are, are palette uh, wedding matches. The rest, quite honestly, you can get right up the fucking street. Well, let's stick with that match then uh, in the A block. So Zach defeated Naito in twenty seven minutes five seconds with "Yes, I am a long way from home." And I was thinking, watching it, like, wow, Naito's selling of the knees, like, fantastic here. And <laughs> now we realise he was legitimately hurt. So. Uh, yeah, there's going to be an asterisk next to that one. But, I mean, they've got great chemistry. I, I thought, actually, it was notable for Zach looking uh, more muscular yeah. than he usually does. I did notice that as well. I did notice that as well. Putting on a little bit of uh, thickness, if you will. Uh, yeah, I thought this match was pretty great. The Yeah, and, 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 and your thought exactly with the selling of the knee. Like him just yelling in pain uh and again zach always amazes me with just the small tiny little details that he does and again i know i always seem to gravitate toward zach in these matches but like just i i and i know i've said it before the where he uses his own body weight to get out of moves like when he you know he's in a leg lock and then he'll hook his own leg over top of his leg to put the add additional weight to break a hole. I fucking love every time he does that. And then I don't even know what the move was that he had him in, but he had Naito wrapped up in this fucking pretzel. Uh, I think just, it just, he just so creative and find ways to inflict pain on human beings. It is, it is amazing. Um, some of the shit that this guy comes up with. And it, and and here's the thing, all of it looks good. I mean, none of it looks like, you know, you're not paradise locking it. Everything looks like, oh, like, okay, like, that looks that looks like it could be very, very painful. Indeed. Yeah. I, I, I thought block A opening night was pretty fantastic, actually. And I, and I, and I, I have a number one favorite match. 
It's not this one. Can I guess what it is? Uh, sure. Was it uh, Shingo Takagi defeating Tomohiro Ishii in 27 minutes, 56 seconds with Last of the Dragon? You would be absolutely correct in that. You would be correct in that. But then my second favorite match of the block is between really two other matches. Um, I've, and again, I thought this match was very good. This, this, I don't care what anybody says. I truthfully don't care what anyone says. It is G1 season. And the minute fucking Kota Ibushi came out and, and, and Yujiro came out and I was hyped. I was hyped for this. Um, it, get, it gets my... Ju- Sorry, yeah, we, we had the question. Uh, Welkie said, I've read on the timeline that NJPW is back. Is it back? And that is my question. I mean, that, that I had that feeling as well. You can't help but feel watching the G1 climax. You're like, this is the fucking G1. This is New Japan at its best. You know, wh- whatever your quibbles are about, the, the strength of the lineup, and should they have done this, should they have done that. This was two fucking great nights of wrestling. Yeah, uh, 100%. And, and, and here's a, the biggest selling point of G1. Every fucking match matters. Now, whether they deliver it in a style and a in a in a fashion that you prefer in your pro wrestling, that's debatable. But know that every fucking match matters. So it makes it you you watching it, it's worth your time. Just that alone, just the concept of that alone is fantastic. And the minute the fucking bell rang, you knew you, you, your heart was into it. Your fucking soul was into it. Your body felt it. Yeah, I was ready for it. And I don't care who they I, – I can't say I don't care who they put out. But I'm telling you, with, with, with every fiber of my body, everybody out there is trying. And everybody out there is going to do their best to deliver a fucking great performance. Now, can some people do it? Better than others? Yes, absolutely. That's what that's that's what this is all about. But know that you know, even even a Yano Kenta match, which quite honestly, I I wasn't my cup of tea. At least I appreciated the fact that it did feel a little something. Yes, there was silliness. Yes, there were goofiness. Yes, there were you know the idea of of multiple rolls of tape being involved in a match. Okay, great. Three out of four of these fucking matches were really pretty great. You get a little surprises. You get a little... But again, it's the sport element that makes it great. The idea that every one of these fucking matches matter. And not only that, the fact that every one of these matches matter, Joel, makes it even better when finishes happen late. Or you're you're teasing the draw. Or you get a surprise upset win. Like, that's what makes this great. And... I was into it from the fucking jump. I also want to give a shout out to uh, the Osaka crowd, mm-hmm. who at times made me forget that this was a crap, crap, clap crowd, because the way they were vocally reacting to stuff really helped immerse me in it and made me think, oh, just you know, New Japan's back. The other thing, how fucking great were Kevin and Chris on commentary? Yeah. Like one, having them there in the building, and two. I know a lot of people have said it. It's just their the quality of their commentary, both on an individual basis and that their synergy as a duo has really stepped up a notch for me. I just thought they were outstanding in delivering the storylines, but in a way that 
doesn't insult your intelligence by sort of laying on the kayfabe thick. I, I think that they do a great job in sort of towing that line between what the story is and what sort of the real life feeling is, especially when they're talking about stuff like evil and the house of torture. And they're talking about things like, you know, how it it's, makes it miserable to watch seeing evil cheating and how he doesn't need to do it and blah, 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 all of that stuff. And, and yeah, that sort of believability, the credibility really enhances it. And, you know, when, when they get into the, the, the big match stuff, like Okada Tanahashi, I thought they were outstanding at that. They were their very, very best during that match. So, yeah, shout out to the commentary because just makes all the difference in the world for me having live English commentary in the building. Yeah, it it really does, and it, yeah, it's you could tell they were excited, right, to kind of be back together, um, working ringside. You know, <laughs> looked like they had uh, hazmat suits on <laughs> at certain points, uh, but you could tell that they were they were fired up and ready to go, and that helps that helps tremendously. In 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 getting the people at home fired up, um, yeah, and they and they do make it. You know what it, it is? They are a professional version of us. <laughs> you know, and I mean that as a compliment. Trust me, but they are a professional version of us in the sense of they. You know, Kevin has said numerous times that he is a fan of the product. He's a fan of pro wrestling. Um. And he happens to be a damn good fucking commentator too, and he's and he's a sports fan, and I'm I'm telling you flat out that helps. Like like the fact that he is passionate about baseball, and passionate about college football, and passionate about the you know he and he and he can talk intelligently about sports. It, that helps a, a ton. And Chris, with his knowledge, and Chris, with with his historical encyclopedia like brain, and the fact that you know he's able to add some additional spice, being you know in and around New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know during during the day, it is his job. He works for the fucking company. That helps too. I mean, it's just a nice synergy, and the fact that they were able to play off that excitement of working together again. Live, you could see it, it. It bled through, and that's that helps everybody, right? That helps everybody. It's a long grind. You know, we talk about the wrestlers. Imagine being, a, you know, doing a, a fucking three-hour show. You know, back-to-back nights, take a night off. You know, three nights on. You know, that's draining. That is draining. I can't imagine it. So, you know. And and now add to that, you know, there's a little bit of issue with with your health and your safety and and you know the fact. Look, I know he was Jones in the get there, and he was couldn't wait to get back. You're kissing your wife goodbye, you know. Yeah, I'm sure that was a that was a that was a long hug. I'm sure that was a long, uh, maybe even a longer hug than normal. So. I, I got to – not only did he they, – they do a great job, but I really appreciate the fact that this, this guy – and again, he's professional. He's doing his job, but good for him because there's a lot of people that didn't make that fucking trip. Let's put it that way. All right. Well, as soon as you no-sold my segue earlier, uh, mm. let's <laughs> talk about the, the main event of uh, this first night, which was Sorry. Shingo versus Ishii. Um, usually, I, I, I sort of – Got a bit tired of their matches 
especially like last year, I thought they were overdone a bit and they became a bit formulaic and there wasn't, I, I didn't find anything particularly interesting them. I mean, I respected the, the work rate and the sort of the impact and the ferocity of it, but it's just, you know, two big dudes smashing into each other. But this match, I loved. I thought they did some really interesting stuff. Just the way they sort of played around with the the sort of the, the pacing and the the impact of the lariat exchanges. So you get sequences where they were sort of running the ropes and, and dodging each other's lariat attempts. And then at the last second, one of them would turn around and just hit the lariat from about like one foot away. Really, really sort of short distance to hit the impact and just completely lay the other one out. They were just, just the way they sort of played around with that rather than just sort of running into each other. I thought they just really clever stuff to sort of subvert what you're expecting and then just deliver absolutely devastating, again, I'll say again, impact. It was just the impact. You could sort of feel it. You could always feel it in your bones, the, the way that they were laying into each other and knocking each other off their feet, landing on their heads from the, the lariat. So it was really quite remarkable. Yeah. They were, those shots were the equivalent of a heavy bass drum, you know, those, those things were right. You felt them in your core. Look, there's not a lot. I you know I was going to say that there's not a lot of subtlety to, to an Ishii match, but oh, there is, but there is. there is the selling, yeah, the selling of Ishii. No one does it like him with that sort, you know, the sort of mixed martial arts style that the stanky leg, the wobbly leg, <laughs> where you know, there's one kind of selling where you're on the floor going, ah, 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 this body part hurts, but where Ishii does it in that particular way where you can see he's sort of trying to fire, fire up and do the fighting spirit and no sell it, but he just can't quite do it because he's been hit too hard and he's just sort of the legs are wobbling and he can't quite stand up and he's got that kind of glassy look on his, his eyes. He's one of the best, and he doesn't get enough credit for the selling. Yeah, and but and, but in the same breath, Joel, the the matches you could give it to to anyone that's a fan of pro wrestling, and they can understand the concept that this guy is trying to show that he is tougher. You know, it's it's not even always about getting the win; it's about just getting the win and showing you that I am tougher than you. Um, yeah, and then like the the heart. And the spirit are stronger than the body. Right. So it's like his body and his legs are giving up before his heart is. Correct. And that's always fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then, okay, so okay, now we have that that foundation. And just the way that these two guys deliver consistently. Year after year after year. And yeah, I can understand that sometimes it feels a little one-trick pony. I I don't know. I I never tire of it. I never I never feel like oh this again. I I don't know why. Oh, I do know why because I'm marvelled at the fact that a human being could take that much punishment. Like again, we're not even talking about. The suplexes, or or you know, head drops, or crazy maneuvers. I'm simply talking about a guy taking multiple shots to the throat. <laughs> Very hard shots, mind you, to the throat, and can and constantly. Look again; they know what they're doing. But there was that headbutt sh- spot at the end that set up the finish. That's you know that 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 set up last of the dragon. 
I mean, how great was that? And that was after, you know, the spots of, okay, suplex me. I'm getting my fucking ass up. Close on. I'm getting my close, uh, suplex again. You know, like, like again, even at the end, it was, I'm, I'm going to fight through you. I'm going to, I'm not going to beat you. I'm going to fight through you. And I'm sorry. Uh, to me, that, that is my kind of fucking pro wrestling. I love it. I just love it. And here's the thing. Like, I I don't hear as much uh, people saying, like, universally, and you would know, again, more than I would, but what's the feedback on this match? Is there anybody shitting on this match? No. No. no it seems to be universally loved. Right. Like, wide acknowledgement, this is a match of the year candidate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, perfect. This is an Ishii Shingo match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like no one's com- no one's going to complain about this. It's and even though it feels like you you've seen this many times before, it still feels fresh and it still feels exciting and it still feels the passion of pro wrestling is there. I don't know. I, I find these two guys to be. Look, we've said it a thousand times with Ishii how does he do it how does every single fucking year look he's not going to be your world champ he's not going to be the cornerstone of your promotion but how many times can he this one guy be called upon to deliver a match that is this style fucking fantastic Countless years. How many years are we going on with this with him? And now you add Shingo, who again I've I've said it before. I think he was the most important signing New Japan made in years. Maybe him and Abushi neck and neck. But I, I name me another a better signing than him. It's it's an amazing thing. A, a year after fucking year with Ishii. Year after fucking year. Charles, two thousand and twenty one. We've been talking about this since when? 13? You know what I mean? Is that- and it's also remarkable that the company know they can rely on him, that this was the first night of the G1 Climax where the company's under fire, you know, under a lot of criticism, and they picked him. Yeah. He was the guy. We want, we want you, Tomohiro Ishii, mid-carder. We want you in the main event of the opening night of the G1 Climax. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, he might not win the MVP. And he might not win Wrestler of the Year. And he might not be. But God damn it, this guy deserves his own fucking category or a trophy or a fucking recognition or a gold watch. That's it. Just, just every year we should just throw flowers at him for being him. Him. Uh, yeah. Uh, name me another. Name me a guy in another promotion that is as consistent and, and for 10 years as consistent and delivering in a big spot. Again, you can give me Okada, and you can give me—I mean, big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's what I'm. That's that's. But that. But that's what it is. Like you know, that's what it is. Ah, <sighs> yeah, he's fucking. He is. He is just an amazing pro wrestler. And yes, every single year we fucking say it, and every year he deserves it. 
and 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 I don't know how or when it ends, but when it does, man, that fucking card is going to feel empty because he's not on it. That's for, that's for damn fucking sure. Yes, these wrestlers were certainly cooking on Saturday night. You know who else was cooking? Uh-huh. I'm ready for it. it. It was me. I decided to make some dinner. I decided to make a spaghetti bolognese. And I'll tell you, Damon, it was a fucking nightmare. Really? Right? So I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I had to do, right? First, I had to use my own recipe, mm. a recipe passed down from generation to generation. My mom, Well, I say generation to generation. My mum taught it to me. <laughs> okay. Well, so I had, to, I had to know by myself what ingredients I needed okay. and how much to put in and how to cook it. So that was annoying, right? right? right. Not only that, I had to go to the shops. I had to walk to the shops yeah. to buy all the ingredients myself and exchange money uh-huh. for those goods yeah. and then carry them home. Yeah. And then, after I finished cooking, Damon, this is the worst part. What's that? I had some ingredients left over. Oh. I had like half an onion left over. Oh, my God. I had like two two cloves of garlic left over. There was um, half a, a tin of tomato paste. And I had, to, I had to put it back in the fridge. Oh. I was fuming. The horror. What am I? This is a disaster. What am I going to... This is just terrible. I don't know what I'm going to do with this stuff. <laughs> this is such a waste. I know. I, and I, it, it, the, the meal just turned to ashes in my mouth. <laughs> and even worse than that, right? The portion, the portions are just out of control. When the three of us had finished eating, yeah. I had leftovers. Oh, there was God. too much. There was too much for us. And so I had to put this leftover spaghetti bolognese in the fridge and have it again for my lunch the next day. I oh take it God. to work. And eat it on, on Monday. It's like war um, crimes. <laughs> absolute nightmare, Damon. I'm never doing it again. How, how could I avoid such a, a, a ruinous string of events in the future? Well, first, let me let me apologize. That that sounds like a, a uh, just a traumatic experience that you that you had. The idea of uh, having to, and then the physical strength to lift those leftovers into the refrigerator. I mean that's not everybody can do that, and I and I got to tip my cap to you for for being just that 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 kind of guy, being able to lift those leftovers and save them uh, in your refrigerator. Oh, look, I got news for you, Joe, and I need there might be some logistical logistics to this. I, I need you to move to the United States, <laughs> apparently. Uh, but okay, also, that, that's quite a big ask for I know. me, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready for your pitch. Okay. Sell it to me. Come on. All right. Well, here's here's what we have in the United States, Joe. We have uh, the opportunity. and uh, We have freedom. Uh, we have uh, – for some. We have uh, – we have the green blue skies and, uh, yeah, and all that. Here's what else we have. HelloFresh. What's HelloFresh, you say? That's right. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients. Mouth-watering. Mouth-watering. Seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Yeah. That's that's my mouth-watering. A bit more ASMR for you. Skip trips to the grocery store. And count on fuck the grocery fuck store. Fuck the grocery I store. I, I, you know what? Fuck them. 
stupid grocery stores. Hey, listen, count on HelloFresh to make home cooking fun, easy. Am I, am I allowed to swear during these ad reads? You know, it's okay. I hope so. I hope so, too, because we are. <laughs> we give a shit. Uh, and, and... I got to emphasize and because it's all in capital letters, affordable. That's why it's America's, not Great Britain, not France, not Germany, not Brazil, not Argentina, not Peru, not Canada. Did I say Canada? Not Antarctica, not Australia. Not Taiwan, not China. Sure as hell not Thailand. Not they, Thailand. They don't send me shit. Yep. Nope. Not uh, anywhere else. It's America's number one meal kit. Now, here's what I here's what here's here's what I want you to know. HelloFresh offers fifty menu and market items to choose from every week. Fifty from vegetarian meals and calorie smart choices to extra special gourmet. May options, Joe. There's something for everyone to enjoy. Everyone with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deli- ensure deliciousness, deliciousness and simplicity. Yeah. And again, you're going to get better value because HelloFresh is over 30% cheaper than shopping at that fucking grocery store. With pre-portioned ingredients that ensure you won't spend money on excess food, you, Joel, won't have to lift a finger with those nasty leftovers. And we don't want to shop. Why are you making us shop? We do, do not open these doors. Why are you opening these doors? We do not want to shop. You know that where that fucking leftovers goes right in the trash. Waste, waste, waste. Look. I got something for our listeners. I got something for you. I want you to go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW14 and use code VOW14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's where they get you every time, Joel. That fucking shipping. They get you every goddamn time. Guess what? Not here. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW14 and use VOW14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping exclamation point. It's up to you. I say do it. I say don't be like Joel. I say don't go through the hardships and the struggles and the pain that this man has endured. Creating a meal. I, I tried to do it, Damon. I tried to get them to ship it out here. By the time the ingredients arrived, they they go bad. Well, listen, they come in a, a, in a box. <laughs> with I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to spread lies about that. That's terrible. They, they will not shop to ship to Thailand. Yeah, they, they just won't. Uh, that's all right. Listen, uh, HelloFresh.com slash VOW14. Use the code VOW14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Hey, look, give it a shot. I think it's uh, I think it's something that might be worth your while and your time, and yeah, ba 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 boop. Hello, fresh slash vow fourteen, vow fourteen code fourteen free meals, free shipping. Do it now! Yay! Hello, fresh, and you can enjoy such delicious meals as whole roasted kenta, which incidentally was the finishing move used by Toriano to defeat Kenta 
in the fourth match of the uh, A Block tournament show on Saturday after 11 minutes and seven seconds. Uh, this match was pretty boring. Mm. I did not enjoy it. I understand they were doing callbacks to the previous matches with a suitcase full of tape, but I just that the pacing was all off. It took too long to be entertaining. I did enjoy Kenta's new uh, pre-match bit where he's given the, the announcer this long list of uh, lies to, to read out. I'm sure that you know, that, that's quite amusing for the live crowd. Uh, and I did quite enjoy the finish where you, you're expecting the count out. He rolled Yano under the ring. And you, when, when you're sort of watching these Yano G1 matches, you're sort of playing this game in your head where you're thinking, okay, but is that the stupidest spot? Is that <laughs> the stupidest spot? Can it get stupider than this? So I thought that was it. I was expecting the count out. But then when he, he snuck in the ring and behind him and did the, the whole roast again, so that did get a chuckle out of me. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a Yano G1 match. What, what, what do you want? Uh, I, I want a wrestling, honestly. <laughs> um, no, uh, the you know what I felt like to me, like back in the day, Joel, uh, when I was a younger man, the wrestling promotions would run what they called double shots, and double shots consisted of an afternoon show. So, say Saturday afternoon, they would run Baltimore, and then uh, they would hustle and uh, get changed, or sometimes not, they would just hop in the car and shoot on up to Philadelphia, which is like a two-hour drive. Um, That's what it felt like to me. This felt like the back end, the the opening matches of the back end of the double shot, where they're kind of stalling (laughs) to make sure people can get to the arena on time. Uh, again, there was a lot of bullshit, a lot of, uh, this is Jimmy Valiant versus, um, uh, uh, Manny Fernandez or, uh, anyone of Paul Jones's army, uh, stalling for time. I felt like, uh, felt like neither of them wanted to really be there. It felt to me as if they were just going to, they had a block of time and they really didn't want to use that block of time to take bumps or do anything crazy. They just wanted to do sticky shit. Uh, look, there are people that like this stuff. There are stuff, people that like this stuff unironically. Um, there are people that like it just because. Oh, I'm, I, I think about. I'm, I think I'm funny, and uh, if I like this, I can make. Uh, those kind of people can get right up the street. Um, to be very clear, but if you enjoy this because you enjoy it, then. What can I tell you? It's not for me. Not my cup of tea. Uh, it's not something that I particularly enjoy. And it's not like it's something that I would have enjoyed back in the day. Again, am I, uh, would I enjoy a Jimmy Valiant, Baron Von Raschke, hide the foreign object, ma- you know, that uh, stop? Uh, it's not for me. Sorry. So, yeah, this was a, uh, a hunk of poop uh, floating in a punch bowl. Thank you. So speaking of Baron Von Raschke, our third match was Great O'Conn defeating Tangaloa in 17 minutes, 45 seconds with the Eliminator. Um, this was a, a good match, a little bit disappointing. I was expecting more and I just, maybe this was sort of a bad stylistic match because I really enjoyed Tangaloa in those exciting stretches of Grinness' Destiny tag matches. When he gets the hot tag and it's that high energy, high intensity you know, the, the meat slapping bits where he's, you know, smashing into big boys and going with his power moves. So this sort of more 
methodical, ponderous match style, I don't think plays to his strengths. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a sort of a conditioning issue. Maybe he's not used to working a 17-minute singles match because this is it's still relatively new for him. So maybe there's that to get used to. And I think he will have better matches. I'm really excited. I, I was looking forward to him facing Naito. I thought Naito would have made him look great. But I think we'll see a more exciting side of Tangela when he's facing the, the Shingos and the Ishis of the block uh, rather than the Great Okan. But I mean, that said, I, I didn't have any major problems with this match. It just felt a little bit slow to me. It was, um, it was all right. Um, look, you're, you're higher on him than I am. I, I, I don't, my, my ceiling is three, you know what I mean? Like three, three flakes, three stars. I don't, I don't see how, I don't care who's in the ring with, I, I don't see how that goes. The, the best chance they, they hit that he has of. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card-collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Even with the guys that you mentioned, those matches, I don't, do you really want to see a 20 minute Tonga Loa match? No, see, this is the thing. I, I think. 
if you give me Tangaloa versus Ishii eight minutes, then on paper, that I think is a recipe for success. Right. It's got to be short. I can't. Ima- I can't imagine. Can you imagine a twenty-minute match? I can't. I just. I'm sorry. I just don't think that that's a good fit. Um. I don't know. I look. I, look. I'm. I'm ready to be pleasantly surprised, but like, there's. I have no confidence in 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 that happening. <laughs> I really don't. Sorry. Uh, it's just, just, just not there. Now, again, now you're adding a factor with a guy who's relatively new, but, and I, and I heard on, on commentary where they mentioned, you know, Okan has had more singles matches in two months than Tonga has had in, but I don't know what the time frame was, but years it, it felt, felt like, I don't know. It, it would just, it was a recipe for disaster, and it wasn't a disaster. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, this was just a this was a match. This was a match. Just a couple of other th- things I want to mention. First of all, Tangelo's uh, interviews. Like he does the. Uh, there was some pre G one interviews where each wrestler had a little sort of selfie video giving their thoughts, and Tangelo also does Instagram videos where he gives his thoughts after the match. And, you know, for a guy who in the ring is very sort of intense and, and powerful and violent and aggressive, for his interviews, he's very thoughtful, sort of gentle, softly spoken, introspective, uh, almost sort of self-doubting and saying stuff like, you know, I don't know whether or not I deserve to be in this tournament, um, but I'm going to try my best either way. So it, really interesting. I do actually I, I find him as a person quite intriguing. I'm sure. And the other thing is great Okan now that with Naito out, Great O'Connor's got a, a little stretch of main events where we go deep into this tournament. So he's going to be facing Ibushi and Shingo and Ishii in the main event of three consecutive A-block shows, which mm-hmm. I think is going to be a, a big test for him. Um, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Y- yes. That's that's the, the, That stretch is where you're going to see what he's made of. And not for nothing, that stretch is going to, to be exactly where we're going to see what Tangalo is made of, right? Is This is a, if anything, what G1 does is it, it, it will, I hate to say it, but it, it will expose you if you, if you ain't got the shit. But if you've got the shit, this, 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 this will, this will, this will help get people to notice you. That's for sure. So, yeah, that those three, I think everybody's kind of got circled and penciled for for those three guys. As okay, let's let's see where you guys are because um, I don't want to say it could make or break a career, but it, if you can't have great matches with those three guys, something you know, not, we, I think we might have a problem, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I think when you get main events against the top workers like that in the grade one climax, then expectations are high. Yep, it sure is. You're, you're, you're. This is, this is a big dance. It's a big dance. You, you, again against guys who can go and have proven consistently that can go with a wide variety of opponent. Okay, let's put it this way: if a match gets fucked, it ain't going to be their fault, <laughs> right? Okay. Let's just put that out there. 
Uh, speaking of getting fucked, the second match was <laughs> Yujiro Takahashi defeating Kota Ibushi in 11 minutes, 31 seconds with the big juice. Uh, uh, Michael CC said, we've got so many questions here. Michael CC, how ready are you boys for big juice? Huge winning the G1 and saving this company. Wow. Multiverse Aces. Has big juice eclipsed Kobashi's burning hammer as Ooh. the most devastating and memorable finisher in professional wrestling history? Rai says, who could possibly stop huge huge now that he has arms with the big juice? That is my question. Bash says, was big huge beating Ibushi a shocker, especially with the way he won? Now I'm interested if he's on a losing streak from now because he's, he's two points now that he got last year to end his 2020 tournament or does he play spoiler for someone later on Chris says do you think New Japan is telling a long term storyline with Ibushi losing all the time or do you think that the loss to Yudro was one off that is my most excellent question so this this match had a lot of t- tongues wagging and, and rightly so very bold uh, booking move right off the bat to have a big upset like this and it was a relatively clean win for Yudro I mean I know there was a, a bull shot there yeah. but um I just I really like the way they paced it because his usual finishing move is the the pimp juice the the, the DDT. So there was the ball shot and then he did the pimp juice and I thought oh that's his finishing move he's going to be Ibushi and then Ibushi kicked out at two and a two and three quarters and you're like oh, okay all right there's a near four Ibushi's going to kick the Kamigoya and win and then you just picks him up with this this new move this big juice move and then just gets the pin one two three and I was like what <laughs> so I thought the way they executed that with the sort of the, the fake out of the the near four using Yujiro's regular finisher and then him busting out this devastating new move, I thought was really, really clever and, and quite shocking. Yeah, I agree. You you we felt the same in that. Yeah. Because when he hit it, or, or a, a pimp choose first, and Abushi sold it like he died, and then kick out, you're figuring, okay, you know, just like you did, you know, when he hit it. Well, there's his finisher. Is he going to get the pin? Holy shit! Oh, kick out. Okay, good. And then, and then, right, boop. One, two, three. New move, um, which kind of gives him like, like, and he's got this additional level now. Like he's, he, he's like he cleared a level, <laughs> right? He finally beat a boss, right? And he's cleared a level with something that he wasn't able. He, he didn't bring to the table before. Um. Look, G1 Night 1 l- likes to have these type of things. I mean, again, I hate to bring it back. Uh, but Yoshihashi beating Kenny Omega uh, comes to mind immediately in situations like this. So uh, I think it was necessary. It woke people up. It reminded people that this was G1. Um the one question though is I'm kind of scratching my head. Do you? I don't think like Kota Ibushi is like is like the new Goto, right? No, or, or are people thinking that? No, he's, he's got to be in the mix when it comes to the final, especially with Naito out. I mean, I, a lot of people thinking the chalk pick for this G1 is an Okada versus Ibushi final, mm. and I wouldn't bet against that. So, no, I don't think he's suddenly slid into the mid-card. Although there is this interesting story they're telling with him recovering from this illness. And, you know, can he can he hang in, in a, a grueling tournament like the G1? So we'll see how it plays out. I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, the I dude's think one boring. If he, if he does win the block again, it goes to another final. I'm not that interested in it, but I can't rule it out. Yeah, I mean, the guy's won back-to-backs. And, you know, he was your world champion and... Um... Yeah, I don't. I don't consider him a goto by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, uh, the big juice. I did not know this. I looked it up. It actually means a prominent or well-known criminal or thief. 
that guy's known to be the big juice. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Like, when did they say this? In 1927? I don't know. <laughs> 23 Skadoo. Um, okay, so the night two then in the Osaka Prefectural Gym, the Eddie Arena Osaka, the B block this time. Uh, let's go in reverse order again. Right. So main event was Kazuchika Okada versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Okada winning 29 minutes, 36 seconds with the Rainmaker. They, they really teased the, the time a bit Love of the draw, as they should, yep. given the history between them. And just the, the floor is so high for these guys. They're so fucking good at pro wrestling, and they're so good at pro wrestling each other that even this was not one of the best Okada Tanahashi matches, but it was still absolutely brilliant. And I was just hooked. I was, it was just on the edge of my seat in the, the latter parts of it. And I don't, like, in retrospect, I think we can look back on the past 12 months for Okada. So something I was talking about with Manabu today that he went through this whole uh, money clip phase to try to rehabilitate the Rainmaker as a finishing move. Because by early 2020, you know, everyone's kicking out of the Rainmaker. It wasn't a special or dangerous finishing move anymore. But now he's managed to get people excited about the Rainmaker to the point where it is, it's a one-hit kill again, which I think is a really smart thing to do. You know, We've got to distinguish between the regular short-arm Lariat and the, the spinning Lariat that he does. But the full sort of ripcord Rainmaker Lariat... People don't kick out of that anymore. So I think that's really smart. I was watching this. You know, he's in great shape. The, the big takeaway, and he said it himself. There's no ice there, darling. It's just an empty glass. The big takeaway was what Okada said. The Rainmaker's back. You know, this wasn't money clip Okada busting out a Rainmaker at the end of the match. Just the way he wrestled, the, the energy, the dynamism. It felt like this was, you know, 2017, 2018 Okada back. And he's looking like a favorite to win the tournament, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, let's put it this way. It, it, if he's even acknowledging that, you know, then then there was a conscious effort to not be what he was des- describing. Um, booking aside, I really feel like, like, aside from a handful of, of top tier, I need you to put, put on an epic performance – you know, he may have, I don't want to say coasted, but again, I hate to bring it up once again and beat a dead horse, but what, it, and again, it was filmed during that G1 that opened up in Dallas, but the guy couldn't even fucking get out of bed. And I really feel like that plays a huge factor in him maybe not being the same guy as we've seen before. It's a, like working through injuries, I truly believe that he felt like, and I don't know this for a fact, so this is just me speculating, but I really believe that there was a conscious effort for him to tone down. There had to be, because the proof is, you know, him walking around, not being able to get out of bed, hobbling, looking, you know, walking around like he's a 75 year old man. Outside the ring, and then getting the the, the jolt of adrenaline to, to to get through the curtain can only last so long. I mean, that is a end result of all those classic matches that we've seen previous, right? All the wear and tear led up to where he was, and and I really feel like he saw the handwriting on the wall. Is if I continue this, I am fucked for the rest of my life. 
And he had to do something. He had to scale it down a little bit. Unfortunately, what that does is that, you know, as pro wrestling fans, you look at that and think, okay, what makes you great is also killing you. It's making your quality of life poor. So I'm hoping that that time was used as recovery and was was well spent and Again, all if there's a silver lining in in all of the troubles that New Japan has had, I'm hoping that it's some of it is some of these guys got an opportunity to heal long nagging injuries. Um, it felt like he felt different, didn't he? Like he felt he felt the same. It felt like he he was the same guy again, like it like it he didn't feel like two thousand and nineteen twenty Okada. He felt like like he like he found a little bit of the fountain of youth. Um, so again, a lot of that is me speculating, but to me, if it really felt like he was the Okada of old, and that. That could be just for one match. It could just be for one match. But, man, it really... We hadn't seen it a lot. We hadn't seen it a lot in the past year or two. He fucking delivered. And these two guys, how they can, can, can just... I think a lot of it has to do with just them at this point. Like the fact that what they've been able to accomplish, they... People... People know and people are into it, but to be able to c- consistently build off of what what they've done is still amazing to me. And the matches still feel fresh; like they never feel old, they never feel stale. Um, and this is the first time they were in a singles match since Dallas, right? If I'm not mistaken. So it's been a yeah, while. I wanted to ask actually. Night Night Cheesecake says, "Where would you rank this match compared to their previous matches?" Well, it's not. I don't. I want to put him in dome territory. Like I don't. I don't. Cons- I consider those just head and shoulders of just about anything else. Um, I th- thought this was better than their Dallas match. Do you? Did you? Yes, yeah. it was. It had a lot more drama to it. The Dallas match was like a pretty comprehensive Okada victory. They didn't even go close to the time limit. Right. But this one, it, it really tapped into the sort of emotions and the the law of their. Feud. Would you? Where would you put this in the G one draw? Uh, in terms of their G one matches, yeah, I, I think I would rank this very highly. Actually, I would too. I would too. They're just so good, dude. Are there, I, I know it sounds like I'm doing a Lanza bit here. Are there two better pro wrestlings in your lifetime than these two? I don't think so, man. I mean, we we had these two guys as our wrestler of the decade award towards uh, the end of last year when we did our voting. It's, it's hard to look past them, isn't it? I, I just it's just an amazing. When are you enamored? What privilege! What privilege! Right. To watch it. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, we live in a time of and, and again. People can go back and and watch, you know, to download these matches and watch online or whatever. 
and they're a part of history. But man, to to say that you you were in on ninety percent of this, you know, is is really yeah. It's it's you 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 feel very fortunate. And here's the thing too. Um, how you know you you always you're always thinking how much more am I going to get of this? You know, there's a part that's a part of it too. Even watching this, like how much, how many more times am I going to get this in my life? You know, I actually thought that I was like, you know, how many more of these do these guys have in them? You well, know, eventually this this has to end, and eventually there's going to be a a diminishing return. I don't see it yet. Do you? I, I like. I don't see a diminishing return yet. And you think no, the, the quality doesn't seem to have dipped at all, right? Does it? Like, how is that possible? Some of them look like they've sort of significantly slowed down. Like, you couldn't point to any sort of physical dip. Well, maybe you could. I mean, maybe your card is not moving as freely as it used to. But I mean, in terms of the excitement and drama, that it's it is like I keep saying, it's right up there. Like the only thing I have to compare it to would be. Flare Steamboat, right? Like Flare Steamboat in this in the in the late seventies, great. In the eighties, gr- well, no, was it late seventies? Maybe I should take that back, dial back. But but early eighties, great. Late eighties, great. You know, like that was a a decade. You know, a good decade. And, and and consistently good, and you always thought, well, how can and and someone might even argue that the, the the later stuff was even better than the early stuff. Like that that's the only that's the only reference I have for for a span of time. Like, can you name another span of time, like a decade, where the quality I don't think really has dropped at all. Like, I cannot a, a, again a decade i challenge i challenge the listeners if you could fucking come up with one flare steamboat is the best one i got flare steamboat is the best one i got that would that would be a comparable yeah, there was also a really nice emotional post-match promo from okada that definitely hit quite a few people in the field so you could you could see how much it felt and there's nothing in there it's an empty glass it's just a little trickle of milk esther uh, the semi-main event was Taichi uh, defeating Hiroki Goto in 80 minutes, 30 seconds with the Black Mephisto. This wasn't as great as their New Japan Cup match. Uh, there was a lot of stalling and, and shenanigans at the start. But what can I say? I, just, I, I love Taichi. When he kicks on into that extra gear, he's just a joy to watch. And he's just now uh, one of the, the top guys in the block. One of my favorite guys, like work rate guys in the G1, which is... You know, funny to say when you look back at 2017 Taichi, but he just he always delivers now. And I thought this was a, a very good match. They sort of played off their their rivalry, the feuds that they've had in the past. Um, and yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, look, there there are matches that I'm that I'm a little worried about moving forward. You know, and I and I don't and I don't I don't put it on Taichi to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I, I can't say I'm looking forward to Taichi and Evil. I can't say I'm looking forward to Tai Chi and, and Tamatanga. Unless, you know, they, they pull something out of their hat. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the idea of people burying their head in the sand with Tai Chi, I, I mean, you, 
you're lost. <laughs> I mean, you're lost. I mean, I can I understand you're not liking takes like that on Twitter saying like, oh, I wish, why didn't, why doesn't Tai Chi work like this all the time? And that's just, you know, it exposes people who yeah. say that for not watching regularly. No, no, I mean, he had, I mean, the tag run with Zach, the, you know, all the, all the tournaments in the past two or three years, at least, you know, you've seen good stuff from him. Remember the cartwheel death match? That it was Gotto Taichi, wasn't it? It was. Now let me ask you this. Would you have lost? Cause what was the usually the ceiling? Four? Four. Four. Yeah. This was a, a solid four for me. Yeah, I would say four. I would have I would have I would have lost. I think I would have lost. Look, that's I mean, that, that that's a thing of the past though. You know what I mean? Like that's like there's not that's not even I like, think I would never even make that bet. Now there, there's no way I would, I would even be considering that bet. Um, now, if you want to talk, talk to me about time, I I'm going to throw one at you. You you want to be you want to be a coward or you want to you want to stand up and have some balls here? Give me balls. Stand up with big hairy balls. All right, I like this. I like I like this. I like this. Uh, balls on the line. Cartwheel death match. Four stars. Tai Chi. Thomas Hunger. No, no, I'm not taking yeah, that. That's a tough one. Sorry, right? <laughs> that's, that's not Thomas Hunger. I just, I, I have never seen any evidence from him that he can have a four star. Well, that's match. what I'm saying. That's what gambling is. You need, you need a, you know. I want balls, balls. Tai Chi versus Evil. Tai Chi versus Evil. I think that could be four. You think Tai Chi Evil is going to be four? Yes, I think so. Uh-huh. Are you willing to cut real death match it? Esther seems quite keen that I take that. Oh, okay. So if you it's lose, on. Esther says it's on. <laughs> okay, if you lose, we shave your head. <laughs> that's, I'm going to get my wife's permission for that. I don't think she. <laughs> balls, Joel. Balls. Just stick a pin in that for now. Look, I've already eaten a fucking death Carolina Reaper chili at the start of this. So- yeah, you know what? I I, I, luck. I I completely forgot. Let's get a. Can we get an update? How you feeling? Absolutely fine. There's yeah, no, no residual effects. Oh my god, dude, you are a fucking legend. Like you didn't need you no no sold that. Like fucking, like fucking Sid Justice. <laughs> That's what you did. No selling, motherfucker. Wow, good for you. Good for you. You, you look. At least you're good at something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm not good at is uh, podcasting. So on to the uh, fourth match, which was uh, Sonata defeating Tamatonga in 90 minutes, four seconds with an O'Connor bridge. I thought this one was all right, actually. Uh, Dr. Gary says, is Tamatonga getting his pecs out? A direct challenge to Jay White's authority as leader of Bullet Club. Is that the Bullet Club symbol we actually wanted? That is my question. I mean, he was in tremendous shape. He did look great here. And I, I'm more sort of optimistic about this Tamatonga. Again, I don't think he's going to be having any notebook matches, but they're not going to be sort of garbage, bullshit-filled matches that we got in 2018. He's got himself into shape. Well, maybe he was in shape already. But he's taken it seriously. He had his working boots on. Uh, I think he's got pretty good chemistry with Sanada. And this was a nice match. There were some sort of nice sequences back and forth. Uh, I like sort of Tamatonga being... He's still a heel, but he's sort of like a roguish heel rather than a I'm going to make this match miserable for everyone kind of heel. And... Uh, yeah, I, I thought this one was pretty good. It was good. It was it was a bad. Um, I, I, if this is the floor, if this is the floor for this block, then 
we're okay. Yeah, if it's just a floor, that's my that's my okay. My question is: Is this the ceiling for some of these guys? I mean, if this if this is the floor in terms of the the quality of B block matches okay. and combinations of wrestlers, uh-huh. then this is what I think. This is my my take for the B block. I think it's going to be high floor, lower ceiling than the A block. Right. Who do you think has a better tournament, Tamatanga or, uh, um, you know, Tonga Loa? Hmm, that is a tough one. I think I could see Tamatonga peaking higher, but yeah, I, th- I think the same thing would apply. So with Tamatonga, I would say compared to his brother, higher floor, lower ceiling. I think Tangaloa is more likely to have snoozers, but also I think when he gets going against the likes of Shingo and Ishii, that will be better than anything that Tama could do. Tangaloa has Ishii, Zach, Shingo. That he has to have Ibushi. He oh yeah, he has to have great matches, right? Yeah, I want to see notebook from that. Okay, so so that's that's the that has to happen for Block B. Tamatanga has has Tanahashi, Okada. Who's the other guy? Jeff Cobb. Okay, so he's got to have a great match with Jeff Cobb. Even Taichi. Yoshihashi could be good. I, don't, I think there's a lot of good. Again, could, could, could be could be good. But I'm saying, put that name next to that that other name, and you know, again, great pro wrestler Shingo. You put somebody in the match with Shingo. Shingo's going to make that fucking match be great. Ishi, same thing. Even Ibushi. Um Tamatanga might be up against it a little bit. Because I'll tell you what, he has. If if Tamatanga can have g- great matches against Tai Chi, if Tamatanga can have great matches against uh, Yoshihashi, <laughs> pump the brakes on the word "great." Okay, but 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 what I'm saying is, if if, if that can, if that can happen, then then we got something. I feel like. Like because no, I mean let's be, these are late replacement guys, and a normal year with everything. It open in terms of travel arrangements, they would not be touching the, the G1 blocks, but they're here. So it, make the most of your opportunity. To me, yeah, make the most of your opportunity. Um, I don't think either of them will do enough for uh, uh, when travel is open for whoever's booking this to be like, oh, we, we've got to put GOD back in the G1 blocks. They were so good, we can't leave them out. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, Tamatanga's got two guys that he definitely should have great matches with. I'm sorry. If you're in the ring with Okada, if you're in the ring with Tanahashi, you should have a great match. Tangalo has more opportunity. Want, it was a main event, isn't it? Okada versus Tamatanga. Yeah. So that being a main event, expectations would be higher than if it's yep. sort of buried on the you know second or third match on the card. Yeah, and you know you're going you you know you're going twenty minutes, right? Main event? <laughs> you know you're going twenty minutes. Come on, I need. I need. Uh, let's get on the bandwagon. Let's give them all the support we can. Again, we're just we're just pointing out the facts here, but we're going to give them all the support we can. But that make no make no mistake about it. He has to deliver in a spot main event against Okada. He has to deliver, and if not, I don't want to hear a fucking peep 
at about him being in G1 again. And again, I know COVID, you know, would he be in it? But, but I, I understand. But but that this is this is this is you know shit or get off the pot time, right? This is shit or get off the pot. This is shit or you're a tag team wrestler your entire stay here. Period. I mean, right? That that's that's where we are with this. Yeah, uh, let's move on. Uh, the third match was Jeff Cobb defeating Chase Owens, twelve minutes eleven seconds with Tour of the Islands. Uh, you know, any discussion of a Ch- uh, Chase Owens match is going to come with the, the speaking out allegations. And, you know, that's fine. P- people want to talk about that stuff and, yeah, as they should. But just speaking strictly from an in-ring perspective for the wrestling, I think he more than played his part here. He he is there, and a guy historically in New Japan who's been there to make superior wrestlers who are higher on the card look good. And that's exactly what he did here. He took some great bumps and made Jeff Cobb look like a monster, which is what he's there for. But also put on, I thought, what was a a relatively competitive and exciting match. So again, if this is the level of stuff we can expect from Chase Owens, I don't have any complaints. Uh, So yeah, I thought this match was was pretty good and and did what it needed to do. I thought Chase Chase worked his ass off. Like I thought, like he, I mean, I, I look, he's another one. You know, he's going to have plenty of opportunities to fucking go in there with. Can you imagine Chase Owens versus fucking Okada? <laughs> Chase Owens, Tanahashi, right? Again, but here's the thing. Like, if I hate the Jim Ross, this motherfucker, but go make yourself a star, kid. You know what I mean? Like, go make yourself a fucking star. If you can have great matches with those two, people are going to talk about you. You're going to make more money. Here's the thing, too. That's that's the key. Like, I'm, like if Chase Owens has a great fucking match with with any of these guys, his his pay scale just went up. You know what I mean? Like, like he he wants to have a great match. Trust me, he wants to have a great match. Well, he's, he's going to have the opportunity. Did I think this match was great? Eh, no, I didn't. I thought it was good. And I thought, again, he had his working boots on. But he's going to have more singles fucking matches in a short amount of time than I guarantee you he's ever had in his entire career. So, again, you put people you put people in the fucking fr- frying pan. Let's save, see if they fucking sizzle, man. Let's see if they fucking sizzle. And the second match was Evil defeating y- uh, Yoshihashi in 17 minutes, 15 seconds with Evil. Louis says, simple question, is Yoshihashi the kryptonite to solving the House of Torture? Kent says, is Yoshihashi the MVP of G1 for getting something worth a shit out of Evil? Flynn says, do you think Evil is being held back by Dick Togo's ego? The match with Yoshihashi was really entertaining, but Togo getting involved is always on everybody's mind. It feels like this is all to benefit Togo rather than Evil, which should never be the goal of the manager. Get your dick out. That is my question. Classic Catch says, also, how do we stop Dick Togo? Why did he pick Evil to latch onto all people? Now, look, if Evil didn't do this turn, and he was just sort of middling, plodding L.I.J. Brawler evil. That's what you got, yeah. Yeah, no, no one would care. No one would give a shit about him. No one really cared before. I know he was sort of, he, he had those opportunities, you know, beating Tanahashi in the 2017 New Japan Cup, beating Okada in the 2017 G1. You know, he's a dojo guy. They, they obviously rate him highly. But he wasn't a big player when he was in L.I.J. So at the very least, you know, say what you will about the quality of matches and the, the shenanigans and all that. People are talking about him now, and he's in a more high-profile position than he was in LIJ. So, you know, that, I think, is a, a double-edged sword, really. I thought this match was really good. Um, I said it before when we were doing our preview. They had a really good match last year. 
just the, the chemistry works between them because Yoshihashi is that fiery, passionate babyface underdog who everyone is cheering for. I was cheering for Yoshihashi as he got down the stretch. He's busting out new moves. He did that sort of cool backbreaker thing. Uh, and I was cheering for him. Everyone wanted to see him win. And that is when the evil gimmick works, I think. If he's against an opponent I don't care about, then you know no one gives a shit. But if it's someone that I'm actively cheering for, like a Yoshihashi, I think the drama works for me. And and it worked here. I mean, I know there was the interference at the end, but that, that is what happens in evil matches. You can't get annoyed about that. That's like, you know, getting annoyed at a, a baby for shitting itself. That That is what's going to happen. And you either enjoy what precedes it or you don't. And I enjoyed this one. You enjoyed shit is what you're trying to tell <laughs> That's that's what that was the. I'm used to it, David. <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly in the sense that no, in two nights, if we have to have bullshit, and it's you know he's the guy that's going to get the deal over the bullshit, and if we can keep it confined to that, and again we had Yano and Kenta, which was you know. Not our cup of tea. Okay. If we can contain it to evil, so be it. Yeah. I mean, this is like, yeah, one match out of 10 for each sort of double night. One match out of 10 that has the blatant cheating and interference. That's for a G1, that's pretty good going. I mean, that's better than we, we've had in previous years. You know, like I keep talking about that 2018 year where Jay White and Ghetto were doing it, Tamatonga was doing it, Bad Luck Farley was doing it. It was just everywhere. Here, if it's only contained to the evil matches, and I think sort of, again, the bell to bell, the in-ring work up until the point where that Dick Togo stuff happens, it's perfectly watchable. I think people are kind of blown out of proportion. I think it is fine contained to this spot. Right. I think where people have reservations and are a little, you know, a little on edge is the deeper you get into this G1 and if and, and if evil is placed in a prominent position, getting that in matches that are more important. Um nobody wants that. Right? Nobody wants that. So I guess that's... Yes, and it is going to happen. Yes. That's that's an inevitability. But right. second match from the card. Right. No, good spot for it. Correct. Thumbs up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 you know, that's... I think more people are worried about the future in this tournament with that than they are in night one when it comes to that. Uh, but know that, yeah, I mean, I think that's... You, you expect the baby to shit the diaper. Right, the nappy, because uh, that because because if you're not, <laughs> you're in for a bad night. Let's put it that way. All right, so uh, we've got shows coming up Thursday, Friday, and Sunday before we next record. Uh, I'll just read out the matches and then we'll sort of give our thoughts on anything that we're particularly looking forward to. So Thursday in Ota City General Gymnasium, we got Nagata against Tangelo in a special singles match. Then A Block, we got Yano versus Okan. Kenta versus Yujiro, Ibushi versus Ishii, you know that's going to be good, and Shingo versus Zack, which is a match Great. you know that has not taken place for, what, 10 years or something? Yeah. Cannot wait for that one. I think that's going to be a big acid test. If, if Zack wins that one, then all bets are off, and I, I am strapping the rocket on him, and he he is my guy in this G1 climax. Yeah, brackets will be uh, broken. Yep, yeah. Friday, we got Tanahashi versus Goto in the opening match, which is be uh, good. interesting. Uh, Tamatonga against Chase Owens, Yoshihashi against Jeff Cobb. I'm looking forward to that one. I think that'll be good. Sonata versus Taichi, 
again, I think they got chemistry. That one could be good. And Okada versus Evil. Yeah, I mean, it's been shit before. I don't have high expectations with this, but maybe if I mean this will be again a big test. Is this Rainmaker Okada? So if we get Rainmaker Okada here, this one could be decent. But, this uh, smells like an evil win to me. Oh, this smells like an evil yeah, one to me. Yeah. It really does. Okay, uh, and a, a briefcase challenge down the line. Oh boy. Uh, and Sunday in Kobe World Hall, our special match. Okay, we've got Master Wato against Kosei Fujita, Yuji Nagata against Shingo Takagi, and then into the A block matches Okan against Yujiro, Yano against Tangaloa, Ishii versus Kenta, and Ibushi versus Zack. So the only one that really excites me there's Ibushi versus Zack. Yeah. I mean, if Kenta has his working boots on, it could be good, but yeah, it looks like the main event is the draw there. Yeah. Uh, Jay Cafe says, would you guys prefer to see a fresh pair of finalists or guys who have been there before? Like I said, I want Zach in the final. Um, I think in order to sort of preserve the credibility of the G1, the prestige of it, I think you need to have one top, you know, A-lister in there. You know, I don't think you could put in put a Zach you know, Zach versus Jeff Cobb for the sake of argument, because then you're sort of looking at that saying, you know, which one of these guys is headline of the Tokyo Dome, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they do do that, though. I mean, they'll throw in some surprises. Like, I don't think anybody was expecting Carl Anderson to make it as far as he did. Yeah. Um, Goto in Goto, yeah. 2016. Yeah. So maybe Jay White in 2019. Was that a, a stretch? I don't know. Sanada last year? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, depends on. Do it. Zach. Zack against Okada. That's what I want. Yeah, let's do that. I, I'd be I'd be thrilled with that. Oh yeah, but where does that put Cobb? I mean, is it, are, we, are we? Is the Cobb thing out the window now? Uh, yeah, Cobb versus Naito. That was my match, man. All right. That was the final I wanted. Could we do Cobb Ibushi? Maybe Cobb Shingo. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think Cobb is viable anymore. Cobb gets a win over 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 Shingo. I mean, we're that sets up a a, a, a title match, doesn't it? Yeah, they're in different blocks, though, aren't uh, they? So, fuck me, you're right. Yeah, I, don't I think that just the, the way that they've got Okada against Cobb on the final night, with Cobb going over at the MetLife Dome, I just think it's classic New Japan booking. Okada gets his win back and, and wins the block. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, fuck us. All right. <laughs> Let's talk Fighting Spirit Unleashed 2021 in Long Beach. This was our first episode of Strong in front of fans. Uh, we mm. had Tomohiro Ishii defeating Alex Coughlin, 9 minutes 13 seconds with a vertical drop frame buster. This was exactly what I wanted it to be. Again, I just I cannot say enough good things about Alex Coughlin, captain of the LA Dojo boys. I can't wait for him to be able to travel to Japan. But actually, you know, having said that, there's plenty of interesting stuff for him to do in the States. He is just yeah. sort of that absolute mold you know blue chip prospects ticks all the boxes what what i want to see in a, a new japan up and comer uh second match we had clark connor's carl fredericks hiroshi tanahashi defeating the stray dog army barrett brown mysterioso bateman so it's carl fredericks pinned barrett brown following the md after 30 minutes 33 seconds i am uh, an unapologetic stray dog army enjoyer I think Barrett Brown should be in next year's best of the Super Juniors. Wow. I think he's really impressive. He, I think I like the gimmick of him being this little, you know, weasel-faced little shit who is hiding behind bigger and stronger men. But he can go in the ring. I think the work rate's really good. Uh, again, if we're getting full travel and two blocks of 10 in best of the Super Juniors next year, he would be someone who would be on my shortlist. And third match, special tables match, Hickelow defeating Juice Robinson, nine minutes, 57 seconds, the Tongan driver into the table break. 
yeah, this was this was pretty good. So there were some nasty bumps here when Juice tried to do the was it a sent on through the table and the table didn't break and that looked really really nasty. So yeah, they sort of ticked all the boxes that you want to see. Um, they are going to have a rematch um, with a I think it's a strap match. I'll get the schedule up, but yeah, uh, yeah strap just, match. Yeah. I mean, none of these matches were match of the year candidates, but it was just so nice to see it in front of fans who are making noise. I could see Chris Samson in the front row and it was just like a really nice moment for someone like me who has watched all these strong episodes behind closed doors to finally get it in front of fans and get a hot show with uh, exciting action. Very, very enjoyable. I just, I'm, I'm just looking at some of the lineups they have uh, coming up here. I know they had uh, a lot of this was already taped, mind you, but Rosser versus Ren Narita right around the corner. Uh, Jay White versus Wheeler Yuta. Nagata. Uyurema. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Kevin Knight. Look, here's what I like about Strong. And the fact that we're taping these live. Well, not live, but you know, taped to broadcast live. A lot of these guys, this is the first time they've wrestled in front of crowds in fucking forever, right? Like, that's there. There's a huge difference between wrestling in, in, a, in a fucking warehouse and wrestling in front of fans. And to me, I don't know if you get a real true sense of if a pro wrestler has it or doesn't have it without wrestling in front of fans. Um, like it's great that you can, your arm drags are crisp and your bumps are solid, but if you can't wrestle in front of fans, um, what's the point? Lineups are looking good. Crowd reaction is great, but honestly, like these next couple of weeks, it's going to be important to see who's got it and who doesn't to me. We also have the tapings for the Autumn Attack uh, this weekend. I I really want to avoid spoilers, like particularly to find out who Osprey's new recruit is for United Empire. That might be difficult. It might be impossible, but um, I will try nonetheless. Uh, we had some news actually from the UK. So Aussie Open joined United Empire yesterday during the Rev Pro Show. Uh, Yotosuji also made his debut wearing a very sexy looking loincloth, uh, and he was selling. No the Japanese fans, which I thought was a nice merchandising opportunity. So uh, Rob says, with Aussie Open joining United Empire, what does that mean for tag hopes of Hinare Cobb or Khan on the Cobb? Or will this be a global faction with pockets on different continents? This is my question. Well, um, I'm sorry. I'm having issues with my mic. You can hear me, right? You can hear I me, I can right? hear you. Yes. Because I feel like my cord is fucked up, and I feel like I'm going in and out. Sorry, <laughs> we might have to have it. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, we can we can Edit. knock it on the head there. We've been we've been doing one hour and thirty seven, one hour thirty nine minutes here. If uh, if you are concerned about, I mic, just, I just can... don't want to be popping in and out because I feel like I'm popping in and out. Hmm. Right. Uh, what was the question? I'm sorry. You sound fine. Do I? Uh, okay. The question was about. Uh, Aussie Open joining United Empire 
what does that mean for the tag hopes of Hinari and Cobb or Khan and the Cobb? Or do you think this is going to be a global faction with pockets on different continents? Pockets on different continents, right? I think, again, n- nobody's willing to, to, he's not coming in. Why would they, you know, we can't get Will in the little fucking country. Are we going to, you know, yeah, I think it's cut. This is the thing, right? I th- my thing I'm thinking, was it they couldn't get him in the country or was it they didn't want to go to the country? Because if rumors are to be believed that these guys like Jay and Will and Juice and Finley were on pay cuts it, and, and Suzuki as well, it must be a lot more lucrative for them to be working in the States where they can not only do the New Japan tapings, but also work other independent promotions than it yeah. would be to be stuck in Japan where you only work New Japan. So I think the financial aspect of it is something that no one's really talked about. Like Suzuki, you see how many fucking shows this guy's doing? He must be absolutely raking it in. And this is a guy who, you know, with respect, he's probably winding down in terms of his career. This could be his last great hurrah. So he's trying to milk it for all it's worth, working all these indie dates. So not a surprise. Like his fee must have been too too much for New Japan. So they were probably like, you know what, you, you go make your money in the States. And I wonder if the same applies for the other guys. They thought, look, one, there's the safety aspect of it. Two, the quarantine. Three, we were on pay cuts. Let us work in the States where we can make some more money. And we'll, we'll see you on January 4th. Right. right. I, I mean, truth be told, I wouldn't be surprised for a lot of those guys. That was the main consideration. Um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about... Again, if we're using Suzuki as as the bar, he's getting paid an appearance fee. He's getting paid, you know, travel. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure in New Japan, all the merch he's selling, each yeah, of those places merch. he goes to, right. all the meet and greets, the photos. Yep. Yep. I mean, if there are, you know, I'm sure there. Look, if he's going to an indie pro wrestling promotion, and I put indie in air quotes, right? Uh, because some of these promotions, you know. To call them indies, it really kind of blurs a line. Um, he's 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 making some bucks. He's making some money, um, and I think all those guys kind of feel the same way in the sense that, yeah, they're 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 not limited to just these shows, and I don't think they could they would make the same amount of money. I really don't. So, yep, I think the financial is. Uh, Look, everyone kind of knew that eventually, at least in the States anyway, um, there was going to be opportunity for live shows with human beings in the building. Um, And in some locations with no limitations, you know, some people might not might be comfortable enough with the the health conditions to say, okay, well, I'm, I'm ready for that. I need and we need the payday. So. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that's a what you brought up is probably probably either one or one a consideration. Couple of strong questions here. Kevin says, "Who from Strong will you miss most now that the shows are on the road?" Jordan Clearwater and Adrian Quest, the two guys I wish I had a more concrete spot. Yeah, definitely Adrian Quest, very talented guy. Would like to see more of him. And um, the a- AJZ. Andreas John Ziegler. I thought he was excellent in the, the few appearances that he had. I would love to see more from him. Uh, Kevin says, if Russ Taylor returns to Strong, would you put him back in Team Filthy? Sure, why not? I thought it was a good fit there. Um, won't hurt to stick him back in if they are interested in 
using his uh, services since he's been cut from WWE. Uh, Matthew says, do you think strong tapings with crowds is the plan going forward? Also, do you think top Gaijin like Jay and Will are going to be regulars or more like guests like the foreign talents have been? Will foreign guests be the norm? Travel and COVID protocols notwithstanding. And I'll piggyback that with another question from Daryl who says, so we have two of New Japan's greatest stars, Will and Jay in America. Do you keep them on strong where they won't have a lot of eyes on them or try to get them involved with another American promotion? In which case... Is there any way that they don't job out? I don't mind if Kojima or Nagata or even Suzuki do a clean job on US TV, but those two guys need to be protected. Imagine Will getting his music cut short and doing a five-minute clean job to Hangman or Wardlaw. <laughs> um, I think Osprey, between Strong and RevPro, that that will be him. He'll, he'll be set with yeah. that. So he can be a big star on both of those things. I think he's got plenty to do without dipping his toes into other promotions. And uh, Jay White seems to be busy with impact. So I think Jay White, the play is strong and impact to to keep him busy. Uh, I wouldn't rule out either of them uh, mixing up with AEW, specifically Jay White. I mean, I think Kenny Omega versus Osprey and Kenny Omega versus Jay White is, is an inevitability at some point in the future. Um, but yeah, strong tapings with crowds. I think that is the plan going forward. I, I will... I don't see any reason why you would go back to doing empty arena stuff now that they're allowed to film in front of fans. Yeah, and and trust me, those guys are all be protected. There's no way that like Will Osprey is doing a job the fucking the Dark Order, <laughs> you know, on TV. So uh, even if they do show up, and here's the thing, they they have a lot of programs in their pipeline, so it, it would be a little bit before we see any type of program between those guys on AEW. That's for sure. Uh, Elliot says, a theory people are down on New Japan and turn into AEW because watching New Japan in its current state is a reminder of how bleak and sad the world is because of COVID, but AEW provides an escape from our shitty reality where everyone can yell and party. Thoughts? Uh, and Hayden says, do you think with Osprey and Jay coming back soon and Brian as well coming soon, do you think New Japan will be on a whole other level of buzz? So yeah, I think this, like New Japan at the moment, it is in the doldrums, particularly with the domestic product, but I think the, the US product feels hot to me and the whole thing is just like a, a, a sort of powder keg waiting to explode when things open back up again. And I've said it loads of times, but I don't have any long-term concerns because as soon as they can get people over and as soon as they can do full builders with people yelling, then we're, we're right back to where we were, in my opinion. And yeah, of course, AEW is, is the hot product now for all those reasons that have been laid out. But I think uh, New Japan of USA can start... Um, building a bit more heat and a bit more buzz for New Japan and, and get them on the road to recovery and then just wait until you can pull the trigger on a huge match. Like, for example, you know, if, if you can book, uh, let, let's say, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay for a, a, a sold-out, you know, no restricted Tokyo Dome, then you that that is it. You are back to back to the peak, in my opinion. Yeah. And again, uh, keep in mind, we, have, we are just started G1, which, again, so far has been pretty great. We've got exciting stuff in the states. Um, we're while it's not the same, while it's not like we're lighting the world on fire. Uh, I think we're we're okay given the situation. Um, and and Joel's right in the sense that um, I, we're I, I don't even think we're spinning our wheels. I think we're there's two exciting things going on at the same time, and we have the possibility of even more exciting things along the line and even bigger things um, once once those doors get reopened. 
Uh, Chuck says, seems like a lot of guys from Japan are coming to the States lately. Think this is due to more lax regulations regarding COVID. Who's coming over next? Again, I, I think it's money. I think these are guys who New Japan have said, look, we don't really need you over here right now. Go over to the States and, and make some money. So for guys on the fringes, guys like Nagata, Kojima, Suzuki, who they can do without for uh, a G1 climax, then it, it makes sense for them to go. And likewise, uh, juniors, people like ELP, Taguchi, Ishimori, they, they are not desperately needed for New Japan right now uh, in Japan because they, they're running the G1 climax. So I think uh, juniors and people on the fringes like that are the way forward. I think you sort of your core roster are going to stay where they are. They are needed in Japan. So I don't... I would be surprised if we see, you know, I was going to say the likes of Goto, Yoshihashi, Taichi, people like that going over. I, I, I don't think they will be going over to the States personally. Uh, but yeah, those are just my but thoughts. I, but I, I will say this. The optics of Jay White, Suzuki, Will, you know, not being, even, even Moxley to a certain degree, not being in G1, the optics of it is... Weird to say the least, right? When yes, you know when you, when you have Chase Owens in it, when you have God in it, and you have these other guys that aren't in it, like we could sit here and logically say, yeah, it's for money, blah 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 blah. But for a casual wrestling fan to turn on their TV and be like, oh, wait a minute, G one's happening. Why aren't they in it? Like, how do how do you explain that? Right? I think they, I think that's the biggest issue is the optics of your biggest tournament of the year, maybe. Aside from Wrestle Kingdom, your your big biggest event of the year, you have so many big names that a casual wrestling fan in the United States knows, not in your tournament. What's going on? Oh, this, that, why? Okay, okay. It just doesn't make it look looks like there's issues, and there are. Let's let's not dance around it. Uh, I'll do one more question here. Flynn says, what championship team is Joel looking forward to Arsenal facing next season? And that is my question. Also, thoughts on Persona 5 so far? I absolutely love the game. That is my real question. And Mard Uruboro says, Arteta out. That is my question. Problem is, I don't really have any time to do PlayStation or Persona uh, since I'm working full-time again. Uh, but Arsenal, we have got two wins on the bounce day. Oh. Two clean sheets. All right. Uh, we are only three points behind Spurs now. So a couple of weeks ago, we were bottom, Spurs were top, and everyone was laughing about that. But now, if we beat Spurs by two goals next weekend, then we go above them. I uh, don't know if that's going to happen, but it looks like there, there is there, there are green shoots emerging. New signings look good. Aaron Ramsdale in goal. Uh, Tomiyasu, the new Japanese right back, looks really good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's reason to be optimistic I hear as it. an Arsenal fan. I hear it in your voice. Excellent. There you go. It gives you a little more reason to wake up at, what, 2 o'clock in the morning to watch the fucking games. Um, all right, good. We're back on board. Arsenal all the way. Let's go, you dumb dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, that'll do. So yeah, thank you, Booze Leprechaun, for sponsoring the second uh, Carolina Reaper Chili Challenge. Uh, very enjoyable, even though I win again. Yeah. Uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. Thank you, everyone who's donated. Again, that money gets split three ways between me and uh, Damon and editor Dan for all his hard work that he does for us. So we do really appreciate it. There's some not, not 
negligible amounts of money coming in and, and we are grateful for yes. it. It does put smiles on our faces. Thanks. Discord link is in the show notes. That's always a you know fun time of year to be joining in with the, the live event spoiler zone chats during G1 shows. So if you are looking for, and again, I think the, it's had its ups and downs, the Discord, but it seems to have settled a bit. I think there's good stuff there at the moment. Um, at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast for our t-shirts. Uh, thank you, as we said, to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. And big, big news on the way from Escape the Box. Yeah. We we have heard some previews of the tracks. I think they're fucking great. You know, I, Unbelievable. I, I'm not... I'm not the sort of person who would put over stuff if I didn't think it was good. This is, you know, it's my kind of music. I think it's great. I As soon as this stuff is released, I'm paying for it on iTunes. And, that, and you know, I'm not doing that as a favor to be a good friend. I'm doing it because it's good music and I like it. So I would suggest anyone who hasn't to check out Escape the Box uh, at Escape the Box UK on Twitter. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Please give us a five-state review on iTunes and a nice review. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. It's all kicking off behind me. (laughs) 